What's up, everyone? You're listening to the Unscripted, Unfiltered, 100% Authentic Podcast. I'm your co-host, Michael. Joining with me, of course, the amazing co-host of Miss Jamie and uh, our wonderful guest. And if you have not listened to the nearest show of the Fan Attic, he just dropped it earlier today. And uh, yours truly is on there talking everything Oklahoma. And more importantly, not just that, but if you're living in the state of Oklahoma, hey, I got something on an upset alert that, uh, hey, you Sooner fans really need to listen to. And I'm hoping I don't lose your support by the end of tonight. So anyway, the host, the host of the Fan Attic, my boy, Coach I, Coach Isaiah. Coach, welcome to the Air Raid. What's going on, Mike? What's going on, Jamie? Welcome to the show, Coach. Hey, glad to be here, man. I had Mike on a couple of times. Yeah, we dropped that video this morning, man. I'm telling you, OU fans are out and about all in the comments, man. It is like, I I got to shout out to OU fans, man. They coming hard. (laughs) One thing that we are good at is, it's funny, but it's true. One thing that we are good at is... um, is making Twitter spaces during the Lincoln Riley um, news, and uh, we like to uh, troll others. But nonetheless, we are good on social media. If anything else, we may not get a playoff win, but hey, nonetheless, we're good on social media. <laughs> hey, I'm thankful for it. I'm getting the views, man. <laughs> hey, like I say, they all in the comments, man. I like it. So it's 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 been a good good uh, show so far. <laughs> Very nice. And first things first, Coach I, tell us a little about yourself. And of course, you know, as as I do on your show, but you're welcome to, of course, uh, let everyone know about uh, the fan addict. All right, man. Yeah, man. It's Coach I from the Fan Addict, man. They called me Coach I. I used to coach high school basketball, AAU basketball. I had to give it up because the parents got too uh, <laughs> demanding about their kids <laughs> playing time, and I don't, I don't do coach speak, so it wasn't a good combination. So, <laughs> nevertheless, I started the channel to talk some sports. Uh, started out just interviewing a lot of my former players because uh, they all, a lot of them played uh, different levels of college basketball, football. Some even made it to the pro level. So, and then I got on to talking college football, man. So that's what we do now, man. We talk college football. I went to the University of Georgia. I was fortunate enough to be there at the same time. Kirby Smart was our starting free safety. So uh, I'm a little bit uh, dated that way. <laughs> so now I talk about cool. talk all things college football and uh, love doing it, man. So uh, I'm glad y'all have have me on, man. You know, I I completely understand, Coach I, about the parents thing. I coached gymnastics for a long time, Um, and I it's it's a whole other whole other level. Listen, man, their children exactly, man. Most elite sports like that. Listen, most of the problems stem because parents are not realistic about their child's talent. One hundred percent. And then you're always the bad guy. Is you always the bad guy? It doesn't matter. Like I saw this thing on Facebook, man. Like uh, you know, like with with football and basketball, uh, it's always like who's starting, who's 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 your starting five, who's the starting uh, quarterback or whatever. And I saw this thing on Facebook said it was an AAU coach, basketball coach. He said parents kept complaining. So one game, he sent all ten players out there on the court to start, and the referee was like, "Hey, man, you can only start five. And he was like yeah I know he's like go ahead with the game and he's like nah you keep these kids out here you're gonna get a technical foul for however many you got over five he was like that's my starters all 10 he gave him a take for everybody over five and he turned to the parents he said I told y'all everybody can't start (laughs) (laughs) I'm telling you man so you know parents I get it you love your kids man but you gotta you gotta be honest with yourself so (laughs) yeah I think a lot a lot of parents unfortunately live vicariously through their children True. and that pushes that pushes some of the the buttons and whatnot Hey, we're saying it with the transfer portal. I mean, Mm -hmm. you know, like uh, I'm not saying that all like a lot of these situations, people transfer is is what they need to do. But some just do not like if you play quarterback, I understand because there's only one quarterback. But if you play wide receiver, man, and you like number five and you mad because you ain't number two, like, come on, bro. Like, I don't want to hear that. (laughs) 
when it goes with that participation trophy, you know, and I guess that's where times change. You know, growing up, we never had participation trophies. It was either first, second, or third. If you were fourth mm-hmm. or below, you didn't get nothing. And, and we, uh, I don't care cool what sport that, it was. We exactly. Was cool <laughs> exactly. I mean, I, if, hey, I'm on, just, you want to be on the podium, work harder. Exactly. exactly. I mean, my <laughs> high school team, we literally during my tenure, we didn't win a single game except for we literally played the Oklahoma School of Death. <laughs> whatever but it's interesting football nonetheless but but i mean we weren't good and that's perfectly fine if we finished you know eighth in our division i'm not asking for a participation trophy we sucked but nowadays you got to give out participation trophies to the first and second and third and fourth and fifth and sixth and it's like you know and everybody gets a trophy and see they yeah, think, exactly i just we feel like society thinks that only affects people's good confidence in sports but that goes listen man i can go on and on about that it goes so much further in life when you yes. tell your kids that that every time they do something they're going to be successful like no man like I mean, if you, if we think about it, not to be on the negative note, but if you think about it, like suicide rate in young people yep. is higher than it's ever been. It's yes. because they don't have, they don't know how to fail because they their parents won't fail. let them fail. Like, you it's know, not that way, man. You learn hey, way more from failing. Exactly. <laughs> Listen, some people run faster than others. That's just what it is. <laughs> <laughs> no, we can't all be Simone Biles. Like exactly, that's- exactly. Like you, can, your daughter can't do what she can do. Stop trying to make her that. And trust me, if I thought your daughter could do it, she would. She could. She can do. I would tell you. I would be one hundred and ten percent, and I would God. be like, she has the ability. She has the work ethic. Yes, go Dang. for it. Jamie, I am, I am so. It. I am so with you. Like I don't know <laughs> if parents don't understand. Coaches want to win, so why wouldn't we put the best people out there? I don't know. It's 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 insanity to me. It, oh God! You learn. I mean, I learned so much about myself and just how to handle people, just because parents are nuts. Yes. Yes. You have to, I mean, you've got a man. If there's ever a time where you can't take stuff personally, that's that situation. Yeah. Hey, on a positive note, at least they show up. So that's all. <laughs> that's, <laughs> there is something to be said. At least they care, right? At, at least, least they care. Maybe too much, but at least they care. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. Back on track. No, you're good. Of course, something that wasn't going to be discussed until it broke news earlier, and kind of would get both of your thoughts on this one, which I thought was interesting on the way home. Uh, listening to it, you know, on the local radios was uh, sports radios. The presidents and chancellors who make up the college football playoffs uh, board of managers held a brief discussion on uh, today, of course, talking about how they're going to uh, operate moving forward. Major college football operating under a governance structure. Literally, at this point, they're trying to get to where they can get out of the NCAA and running it, um, literally running it themselves. Uh, Coach, I, of course, you're the wonderful guest. What's your what's your first thoughts on this one? Hey, man, uh, I think it is inevitable to happen. Uh, NCAA right now only (laughs) they only Mm -hmm. make sure you're eligible to play. That's really all the NCAA does for college sports. So uh, and then when you got the transfer portal, where it is NIL, you got to have some kind of governing body. Every team is trying to move to every conference. Somebody's somebody's got to put the gavel down, man, and say, hey, this is what we're going to do. You know, it's like nobody wants it goes back to what we say, the whole participation trophy. Nobody wants to say. No, you can't do that. Like, and we need somebody to say. Somebody's got to do, yeah. Yeah, so somebody's got to do it. So I think I think it's a good idea to, uh, uh, at a step in the right direction. So let me let me pref- let me ask you a secondary question. Then, do you have any thoughts on who that person, a so-called college football commissioner, would be? Mm. I don't know because everybody's going to have it's kind of mm-hmm. like college football playoffs. I, I think you need a committee and maybe yep. you have maybe you have a chairperson so that they can run the meetings or whatever. But, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know if any one person should uh, have more say so because everybody's got bias. So it's always going to mm-hmm. be. Yep. You know, like when they first said the college football playoff committee was going to be like athletic directors and presidents. I'm like, <laughs> like, bro, like, I don't care if I'm the president of freaking uh, Northwestern Utah State or if it, yep. that's even a college. Like, I'm in there voting for my school. So exactly. I mean, <laughs> exactly. Come on now. 
I'm like, did you see that 10 points we put up on the school of deaf and blind? <laughs> but uh, I think it needs to happen. And uh, I don't know who it should be, but I think it should be a body of people. Um, that can make it happen and you're gonna have to if we're gonna have conferences it's got to be representation mm-hmm. from each conference regardless of how many championships that you know the conferences won lately or whatever because you got to keep it fair i'm all about yep. fairness so yep. and i think that's the big thing you know i've been i'm i feel the same way you do this is this has been a long time coming it should have happened you know it's been especially over the last you know five to ten years it was always going in this direction Mm-hmm. Um, I think it should be, you know, I think you have maybe, you know, obviously one guy that's the commissioner, but you yeah. have, but you've got a board that represents all the major conferences and you, you run things that way. I mean, can you imagine how much smoother the whole COVID debacle would mm-hmm. have been had they have had an actual governing body say, yeah. no, you're going to do this. This is the deadline. You're either going to play. This is how many no- conference games you're yeah. going to I mean, and it, and it goes back to just, I mean, just how conference scheduling is now, you know, you've got, you've got people playing cupcakes the eighth week in November, but then you also have conferences playing nine conference games and it's just, it's so all over the place. There's no, there's no standard, there's no consistency across the board. And, and it's, it's, it's been a long time coming, especially with, with the direction that, you know, you've got basically super conferences. Now you've got the big 10 and you've got the SEC. Mm-hmm. as the premier conferences and in order to keep the landscape of college football that we've all grown to love and adore and appreciate you you really do need to institute something like that because let's be honest the ncaa has been worthless for quite a long time yeah i mean is this like uh submit your eligibility when you're a high school senior <laughs> and once you're eligible that's the ncaa they're done <laughs> it's like we don't unless care. you have too many coaches at a practice you know issue and god forbid uh, a coach uh takes takes or put something on social media outside of their nca window and whatever <laughs> i'm like come on man we're letting people trans like they was letting people really like it really got out of hand when it was before mm-hmm. the one-time transfer rule yeah it was letting people just make up excuses on why they wanted to transfer i'm like come on man like y'all and then you deny somebody who had a legitimate reason like you know you have a kid move back home because the grandma's sick but you won't let him play it right away. But then another person say, I don't feel like I'm being treated fairly. And you let him play immediately. It's like you got, like you said, you got to have some guidelines. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Something like like the nine conference games. Like SEC doesn't play nine conference games, but right. the, Big 12, the, the Big 12 does. And, and then it's like, so how do you say, oh, where their strength of schedule, SEC's strength of schedule is harder because they got Bama and Georgia on it. Well, that B12 has an extra conference game, and I don't care what team it is in the conference. Conference opponents know you, so that Correct. makes it a harder game. <laughs> Correct. Correct. Is the SEC the only one that has only eight? No, um, Clemson, uh, the ACC only the ACC has, has eight. eight. Okay, that's mm-hmm. right. That's right. Of course. Yeah. Of course, wow. (laughs) If any conference could, (laughs) never mind. I won't go there. That's not nice. (laughs) The all cake conference, as we in the SEC call it. (laughs) 100%. I mean, it's definitely that. Oh, no, I got love for the ACC, man. I live in South Carolina, so I have to hear it all the time. I mean, it's a beautiful country down there. Like, it's beautiful. But, yeah, I mean, as far as what's strength of opponent. Yeah. Yeah. Clemson is the elite team, and then everybody else is just kind of grasping the straws. You got NC State, when they have, like, three third, you know, three and four-year starters. Yeah. That that third, fourth year, just like this year, they'll be pretty good. You know, they can't sustain that, though, because they don't get enough recruits. Uh, I don't know what Miami's got going on. Uh, down there, they're always back, kind of like Texas. Until I see it, my brother's a diehard Miami fan, and he even tells me that he's like, "I, I want people to stop saying we're back." <laughs> so, <laughs> outside of those two, I mean, you got Pitt. Pitt's respectable, but I mean, yeah. I don't think anybody's you know like, "Oh my God, we scheduled Pitt. How are we gonna win?" So, <laughs> and, yeah, it, you know. Yeah. You guys assume you guys assume hear a lot of that hate coming from the ACC when Oklahoma was the SEC because <laughs> ACC people hate the SEC. 
<laughs> yeah, I, I'm I'm looking forward, of course, to uh, to Oklahoma going to the SEC, and uh, you know, regardless if we compete or not, it, it's going to be hard to tell. But it, no, I, I'm sure there's going to be a lot more hate. But what's fun? What I like about this, at least, it might stir up some more rivalries. Maybe so much, you know. I like to see Oklahoma, Arkansas, kind of do something just because it's yeah. the border, and I'm not really worried about Missouri, but. You know, I'm sure Texas, Texas A&M will be right back to to their days. So we'll see. Of course, Oklahoma's got to got to survive the Big 12 for the last year or two, whatever it might be. So it's going to be fun. But no, I'm sure there's a lot of I'm sure they love to the talk and I'm sure we'll hear about it. Right. You get a lot of hate just because you're like, I'm not even one of those guys that's like, you know, SEC, SEC. I could care less if Florida wins any games. Uh, I don't care who. Matter of fact, I, I am also an LSU fan. I don't know if you knew that or not, but no. yeah, I'm the same way. I'm like, man, no, I don't want I don't want anybody to win. No. Uh-uh. Not, unless you tell me their win helps Georgia get to the mm. national championship. That's yes. the only that's, and I still might have a problem rooting for them because, like, I'm I'm rooting for Utah to beat Florida. Actually, I hate Florida. I don't want Florida to win anything. So, Florida. but anytime you're an SEC school, you I'm telling you, you guys, if you haven't already got it, you're gonna get it from the Pac-12, the Big Ten, the ACC. They're just like, oh, you SEC people, are all the same. It's like, can't we just have good? Teams <laughs> like no. Oklahoma is a big brand. Like you don't need the SEC to be a big brand. I think you guys are competing the SEC because um it's Oklahoma. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, I agree. So. No, and Brent, Brent, no, Brent Venables is doing well recruiting already. Yeah, yeah. I think Texas is going to have a tougher time. Mm-hmm. Than, than I think so. I think so yep. because uh, Texas, first of all, they had a fight in recruiting. You know, what I'm saying Texas A and M, regardless of how they're doing it, they are <laughs> they're getting whoever they want. You know, what uh-huh. I'm saying. Um, I just think, like I say, Oklahoma's out in that area geographically, but I don't think they have anybody to, like, you know, if you're a kid in Texas and you you try to say, hey, come to Texas, you know, put on for your state. Well, Texas A&M can say the same thing and Baylor can say the same thing. You know what I'm saying? So it's kind of hard. It's like, I think Oklahoma will probably do better at least earlier than Texas will. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree with that. I could see that and and I think a key thing for Texas, whereas really, I think, and I know I brought it up last night on last night's episode with uh, Lawrence, but uh, I, and I may pick your brain too, um, Coach I, is uh, Arch Manning. I, I really still have that feeling that he's going to decommit. Any any vibes from on your personal side? I mean, obviously it's a personal opinion, but I just yeah. got that vibe that I could see him uh, decommitting before before national signing day in February. Um, I think uh, a lot of things are at play there. Uh, when it comes to recruiting, man, I've uh, been fortunate enough, like I say, to coach some kids who play college and uh, follow their recruiting. A couple of men, my nephew, both my nephews played. I got one getting recruited now. So I just think a lot of things come to play, and I'm with you. I could – I definitely don't think it's a lock. Let's just say that. No. I don't yeah. I don't know if I if I had to put percentages on it, I'd say he's seventy percent committed to Texas, uh, which is a good, you know, odds mm-hmm. for Texas, but you know, you never know what's true what you hear, but I've heard a lot of stuff that uh, you know, Georgia was right there with Texas. Uh yep. it was uh, you know, a couple of people say and and it makes sense that he, you know, Georgia winning the national championship may have hurt because kinda like Eli wanted to do something different than Peyton. Peyton wanted to do something different than Correct. Arch. Archie, you know, Arch, yeah. the grandson now wants to do something mm-hmm. different than all of them. They like, you know, well, Texas is trying to come back. What if I'm the guy to bring him back? But what if Quinn Ewers, you know, leads him to a BCS game? I don't, I don't think so. But what, what if he does? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, Arch, I got to see him in person. He's uh, every bit of what is what six five, six four, whatever mm-hmm. it is. Got a oh, cannon yeah. going He's on. He's the real deal, man. I mean, there's yeah, so, And uh, I met Cooper. Cooper absolutely loves Athens. So Kirby's not. I can guarantee you, Kirby's still recruiting him. So um, I think either them or maybe even Bama. I mean, you never can count Nick Saban. No, out, so. no. I'm like y'all. I don't think it's a hundred percent done. Um, I can tell you the only place he's not going is LSU. (laughs) 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 And I hate to say that, but like, just you just you you hear all this stuff about like obviously the Mannings live there, 
Yeah. Like, you know, so it's, but you hear all this stuff about how they just, they just really don't support LSU athletics and it, you know, it is what it is, you know, yeah. but I can, I can see why Arch would want to, you know, make his own way and do something yeah. different. And, um, it, you know, Texas was kind of a surprise. I mean, I understand like Sark obviously, but you know, I just think that there are, I just think that there would be a better place for him. Yeah, I think Sark played a big role in it. The way he's, yeah. you know, like at least five of Sark's past quarterbacks have played in the NFL, you know, right. at one point or another. So as a quarterback, why why not, you know, it's like people ask, like, God, Georgia always getting five stars on defense. Well, why not play for the well, guy that's always mm-hmm. putting people in, in the league <laughs> exactly. for defense? I mean, I mean defenders <laughs> of Georgia. So <laughs> from, from that aspect, I get it. You know, Sark's a quarterback, supposedly guru. We'll see what he does with Quinn Ewers. I mean, they're high on him as well so uh i just don't think it like i say until you get that fax on signing day it's yep. never over and like i said if i had to put numbers on it about 70 70 75 at best that he you know committed because um they like the stability at bama and georgia um yep. And they like both the coaches and the, the NFL pedigree. I mean, not for nothing, Texas hasn't put that many NFL people, none last year, <laughs> into the draft. They so. had zero. Zero. Draft. Yeah, I, I didn't even know that until I had some Texas fans on my show. They, I was like, God, oh, y'all didn't have not one draft pick. <laughs> oh, I knew it. I knew it. I knew it, all. <laughs> I knew it during the draft because I, I, I love to hate Texas. <laughs> <laughs> I think we all do. <laughs> nice copy of mine. <laughs> I know Texas is starting to become like Notre Dame because mm-hmm. their fans think they're better than they are, oh. and then the rest of the nation is just like, nah, you're not nah. that good, bro. <laughs> nah. <laughs> Speaking of Georgia, and I know that you are a UGA alum, mm-hmm. uh, Coach I, is what's your thoughts? Uh, obviously, you're probably more dived in when it comes to the Bulldog program. What's your thoughts on the 2022 Georgia team? Of course, Kirby Smart going into his seventh season. Of course, mm-hmm. one of the best coaches out there. Still a talented team. You know, they got that national championship, but it's hard to repeat. And if you're Georgia, you know, it's going to be even harder this year simply because of how many people that went to the draft this past uh, in April. Uh, what's your outlook on Georgia? And kind of give us a personal you know, your own opinion of what the expectations, I mean, obviously winning the national championship, but what's your expectations for Kirby Smart and Georgia Bulldogs heading into 2022? Uh, you know, um, we did lose a lot to the draft. I mean, 15 total, everybody knows that eight off of the defense, but what's crazy is people don't talk about the special teams and the offense. We lost seven, you know, as far as uh, draft picks, not all mm-hmm. of those people, those 15 were starters. Um, for 2022, I think we're going to get back to the SEC championship. I think we'll go like 11-1. and mm-hmm. I don't know who – like if you just look at it individually, individual games, then you say, well, that team's not better than Georgia. But it takes more than just being better than somebody on paper to win, and it's hard to go 12-0, and like extremely yeah. hard. So uh, where a game falls on the schedule matters. Um, we have a rough – I would say if, if any part of our schedule is rough – by themselves, people will say, well, that game's not rough. But if you look at it, we go Florida, Tennessee, yeah. um, Mississippi State, and Kentucky. All four teams that with the right motivation, right things, you know, right things happen, they could, you know, trip Georgia up. If, if that's right around the time the college football playoff, mm-hmm. you know, rankings come out, these 18 to 22-year-olds looking to see they number two, mm-hmm. number three, number one, and then let it get to their head, thinking they can't be beat, whatever. That happens, but... um. I got them losing to Alabama in the SEC championship, and depending on what everybody else does in the nation, that'll determine whether they make you know make it to the college football playoff. Because I don't know what Clemson's offense is going to look like. Could right. they go undefeated in the ACC, which is highly possible? Mm-hmm. That's an undefeated team. You look at Alabama; I got them going undefeated. That's an undefeated team. I don't think anybody in the Big Ten is beating Ohio State. No. <laughs> so uh, no. then it just you know you got a number of other players out there like a. I got them high on Utah. If Utah mm-hmm. can get past Florida and don't trip up like they did last year in the in the Pac twelve, mm-hmm. 
college football playoff committees, you know, I think they're itching to put a Pac-12 team in there. Nobody just wants to step up to the plate and <laughs> take the invitation. Uh, so no, it's I like th- hot potato and everybody wants to drop the potato on the ground. Mm-hmm. Exactly. As far as how the team itself will look, uh, last year everybody knows about the defense. One thing I do want to tell people about the defense, though, like uh, Kirby Smart is always going to have a good defense. Uh, in 2018 and 19, we were top 10 defense. Yeah. It just wasn't yeah. like generational like you saw last year. And crazy thing is, going into last year, we only returned four starters. Mm-hmm. That's what a lot of people don't know. Now yeah. we don't have we don't have a Jordan Davis, so no, <laughs> we definitely do not have a Jordan Davis. So uh, we don't have a Nakobe Dean because Nakobe was a starter. Uh, Channing Tindall and Quay Walker, they was neither one of those were starters, but they had a lot of game time experience. Correct. So last year when they started, so technically last year we had the same amount of starters returning, but we had a lot more experience this year we're breaking in two new middle linebackers and under Kirby Smart that has been the position to hold the defense like the glue to Mm -hmm. the defense I mean we had N'Kobe last year with Channing and and Quay and then the year before that we had N'Kobe and Money Rice who's playing in the league and then before that we had the Buckus Ward you know Roquan it's like one after the other (laughs) it's like one after the other now (laughs) now we got two two young guys who super talented super athletic but They've only played in mop-up duty, not like the Chan and Tindall, Quay Walker, you know, where you would yeah. come in like on third downs and things of that nature. So that's where I'm looking. If there's going to be a weakness on the defense, it's, it's that middle linebacker just because of the experience. I think the talent is there, but one false step one way, you know, you got a running back going for 20, 30 yards down, yeah. the, down the mm-hmm. other sideline. The backer's so. out of position and not covering. The, you've, got, you've got problems, and that happens sometimes with young linebackers, you know, exactly. and a little bit of experience. Uh, you know they they they're the heart of the defense they run the defense they um, do and it hurts when you don't have those kind of guys back and there exactly and if you don't have the guys like we have guys up front again Jalen Carter is probably I would say arguably the best interior defense lineman in the country but we got some unexperienced guys around him and those guys make it easier for the linebackers. So last year, even if N'Kobe wasn't an all-American linebacker, Jordan Davis, Trayvon Walker, Devontae Wyatt, they all made his job easier by eating up blocks. I mean, Jordan Davis at times was taking up two and three lines. So he just, N'Kobe just running out there, you know, he ain't got nobody to hit. He don't even know where to go. He's just like, it's all all open out here. Let me hit somebody. (laughs) Yeah, just go hit somebody. So I think it'll be in reverse though, like how last year our offense was super efficient like we averaged like over 35 points a game but they were efficient in cohesion with the defense how good the defense i think it's going to be but a i thought georgia didn't have an offense right that's what they that's what they sell there that's what they be trying to sell it to everybody i mean <laughs> every just, every space georgia doesn't have it, an offense I'm like exactly. well then you have football because they obviously have an offense and it's the thing is people don't even like that's what i'm saying like people like it's like they look at it and they see this great defense it's like well the offense is Stetson being it of course it's just like looking at kentucky and saying kentucky is not a good football mm-hmm. program like it's because of the name kentucky if they had on red and black and had a g on their helmet you'd be like oh that's one of the best teams in the nation <clears throat> but our offense was good last year now granted i i'll admit at the beginning of the season i was not sold on Stetson. i wanted jt to stay healthy because in the beginning yeah. games, we would see JT come in and the offense just move so much smoother and wide, more wide open, I should say. So it was a yeah. different style. But Stetson won us all over. It's like, and in the championship game, we all knew Stetson. I was like, man, Stetson go out here trying to uh, give the game away. And then he turned the ball over. But then he comes back and he's throwing lasers on the touchdown drive and he stands in there and shows that he's matured. So yeah. I'm like, people that say we don't have an offense, I'm like, if that was the case, Clemson's defense was ranked in the top five last year, but they struggled all year because they didn't have an offense to move the ball. Right. So even if you have a dominant defense, you still got to put the ball in the end zone. So right, you still got to score points. You do, mm-hmm. and, uh, and all of our offense comes back except for, um, of course, George Pickens. But George Pickens literally didn't play any meaningful downs aside no. of like three downs in the in the championship game. Right. So. 
not acting like we, we. I would love to have him back, but he didn't really contribute to the national championship no. run. You know what I mean? Right. Um, you definitely had had other guys in there, and honestly, nobody has tight ends like you guys have tight ends. Oh no! I mean, Listen. like I mean, <laughs> I mean, shit. They're all wide receivers. Mm-hmm. Let's be honest here. Like they're all wide receivers running out there, and they're big. They <laughs> are. They are, are like this freaking this. a monster. Gilbert's <clears throat> huge. Bowers is probably you know the smaller of the three but i mean it's it's insanity it is browers is literally physically the smallest tight end that we have uh yeah. he's like six four you know 240 something and he runs like a four four so he runs like you say he runs like a wide receiver he runs routes <laughs> like a wide receiver mm-hmm. uh and then the guy we got last year who was the number one tight end in the nation oscar delt is i mean for all practice every in practice now he hasn't played a, a down he looks just like bowers it's like he's a little bit taller a little bit a yeah. little bit slimmer but he um he can move just like Bauer, so I don't know if he'll get to play because we got so many weapons. <laughs> yeah. uh, honestly, Todd Munkin, I, I, you know, I don't, I don't envy him, <laughs> like trying to get everybody. To try, I mean, with the transfer portal, think about it, man. Like, if you ain't getting the ball like one or two seasons in a row, yeah. you out of here. And yep. it's yep. good to have a lot of skilled players, but could be bad you know for the next year as well so i think our offense will carry our team uh it'll be hard to stop them i think they'll they'll average closer to 40 and our offense will be our best defense like kind of like oklahoma under Mm -hmm. riley like they didn't have a a great defense but riley scored so many points it put pressure on the other team to score so now they're like thinking out of character it's like ah we got to keep up with Mm -hmm. these guys you know what i'm saying instead of sticking to the game listen scoring two or three touchdowns in a row can make make coaches get out their game plan real quick (laughs) no and it's going to help you guys out as well this year with georgia the fact that you got three of the five back on offensive line and I believe Jones, um, I think it's named Jones, is I believe Broderick he played. Mm-hmm. Yep, he played. Uh, he started what, towards uh, he the started, latter, towards the end. Yes. I know he started in the national title, uh, <clears throat> title game. He actually started the last four games, um, and Jamari Salyer played the left tackle the beginning part of the season because we didn't have another one with experience, just you know a whole bunch of young guys. But then he moved inside in the SEC championship to play that. Yep that guard spot and Broderick we got a Broderick Jones came in as the number one tackle in his class and Amirius Mims who mm. he was about to transfer to Florida State I don't know what happened when he went to Tallahassee but he <laughs> turned around and came back to Athens so uh, he was in the portal for about two weeks and then that was it so uh, but yeah we got to replace those guard spots that's what I'm yep. interested to see especially in this first game against uh, Oregon because mm. Dan Lanny loves to blitz his linebackers and um, they have two of the best yeah. in the nation Justin Flo and Noah Sewell are the real deal. So I'm interested to see how those guards handle that. So if there was a weakness on offense, I would say it's the the, the guards and how they're going to protect the quarterback. Now, I would say if I if I were Munkin, I would probably – I mean, I, honestly, I'd probably put all my tight ends out on the field and have oh. one in the – like one in the mm. slot, one back there. Like I, be, I believe Darnell is probably the better blocker of all of them. So probably keep it. him in that, in that capacity. If he's smart, that's what I would do. And you know what the best thing? When you've got blitzes, run right at him. That's right. That's right. I feel like if they're sending Noah Sewell and Justin Flo, then nobody's covering Brock Bowers and Darnell Washington. So, <laughs> unless you try, you trying to check them with a nickelback or a safety, it's not going to work. And you are you are absolutely <clears throat> correct. Uh, Darnell Washington is not just one of the better. He's not just the best tight end blocker on our team. He's like one of the best blockers on the team. Yeah. Last year at the beginning of the year, we kind of struggled in the run game, uh, not just against Clemson, who had a great mm-hmm. defense, but we struggled yeah. in the second and third game. And then against Arkansas, Darnell came back. And then people was like, oh, Georgia found their running game. No, Darnell Washington was hurt. So he's back now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. <laughs> Wait, so, I, mean, yeah, I mean, you guys started a little slow last year, but that was just because you had a ton of injuries. And, yeah, but nobody nobody talks about it. they just like, oh, y'all played a Clemson team who was sorry. I'm like, first of all, Clemson was healthy when they played us. Uh-huh. I don't take anything from Clemson. Clemson's no. a good program, you know what I'm saying? They're great defense. But I'm like, we started three 
three people as pass catchers who had never played a mm-hmm. college football game ever. Lad McConkey started McCon- wide receiver. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> A.D. Mitchell, uh, Lad McConkey was a redshirt freshman who had never played. And then yep. you had A.D. Mitchell, a true freshman at wide receiver, was out. Our, he was our top wide receiver in that game. It brought Bowers, so like a true freshman tight end. Mm-hmm. So, not to mention we lost our uh, right guard the mm-hmm. first series of the game. Yeah. <laughs> so we had another. We had a guard who had never played, you know, any meaningful snaps. So, um, but you know, people see what they want to see. Um, I think our offense is going to be good unless a rash of injuries comes. I think our offense is going to be a spectacle this year. Yeah, I would agree. Any concern on your end that uh, you guys face, of course, at Oregon team with Dan Lang as a new head coach, of course, obviously familiar with what Georgia does. Any uh, any concern that, you know, we could see an upset by the Ducks? I mean, you know, anything can happen. The Ducks went to uh, the horseshoe last mm-hmm. year without Kayvon and, and gave, mm-hmm. <laughs> gave yep. them the business. I, I'm i not saying they blew them out, but they definitely – I think they definitely owned the game. So, you know, the Ducks are definitely going to be ready to play. I think Landon is going to know some of what Kirby wants to do or what Munkin wants to do because he practiced, you know, against right. him for three straight years. So he should. Mm-hmm. There's only so many, you know, call names you can change, you know, to get ready for the game. But I think ultimately top – the bottom we have a better roster uh dan lanning no like i say knows kirby and munkin but they also know dan lanning as well so just like you know i know i've heard a lot of shows you know uh espn others say well dan lanning knows what they're gonna do i'm like well kirby taught dan lanning how to call defense so he knows what dan lanning is gonna do (laughs) so uh i was like the difference is Ty Munkin's calling with a whole bunch of people that know his offense. Mm-hmm. Those guys don't know Dan Lanning's defense. And I, I know they had spring practice in fall camp, but I try to – I told somebody today, I was like, you got to – it was a guy who – it was an Oklahoma fan. He was like, we're going 11-1. No way we're losing to no Baylor. No. It was after watching the, It was after watching the video, and I was like, I'm not saying you are. I was like, I'm just saying that these first-year, first-time coaches, people need yeah. to temper their expectations because there's a lot of learning mm-hmm. – to do when a new coach comes into town. This is not like when Lincoln Riley took over because he was already there. So literally it was just like Bob Stoops wasn't at yeah. practice. That's, that's yeah. all it was, you know? Yeah, totally different situation. It's just like Ryan Day at Ohio State. It was just like, you know, yeah. Urban Meyer just wasn't at practice. So of it's course, like, you of know. Of course there was a smooth transition with the with that situation. Yeah, and I think Brent Venables is going to do wonders because, for one, he's already did a stint at Oklahoma, so he knows the culture. He is Oklahoma to me. I know he was at Clemson for a while, but I, I'm, I'm older, so I've I've always seen Brent Venables at Oh, Oklahoma absolutely. Guys. I agree. Anyway, so I think he'll bring them, you know, keep them. I'm not going to say bring them back. Keep y'all, you know, where, you know, in the elite status, but there's going to be a transition period. Like Lincoln Riley, he didn't care about defense. He just care about scoring. Like Brent Venables cares a lot about defense. So yeah. the defensive players for Oregon is going to be the same thing. Dan Lennon cares way more about defense than Crystal Ball. Crystal Ball cared about defense, but not like Dan Lennon. And then Dan Lennon has to get used to being a CEO. You know, now he has to worry about what the offense is actually doing and not, you know, at Georgia, he was paid to stop the other team. That's it. Stop yeah. the other team, go home, have fun with your family. Like now you got to worry about what the special teams is doing. What do you do on third and seven on the 42? Do you try to go for, I mean, fourth and two on the 32, you try to go for it. Do you kick the long field goal? Do you, you know, it's like those things play a part. And it showed when Kirby Smart had an uh, excellent career at Alabama. Excellent. Absolutely. Came to Georgia. Mark Rick went 10, won 10 games the last two out of the three years that he was there. And Kirby came in, went 8-5 to five and lost to Georgia Tech, which Kirby, I'm, I'm still holding you to that one. <laughs> <laughs> the national championship made up for it a little bit. <laughs> the national championship made up for it a little bit, but we still shouldn't be losing to Tech. But uh, that's what I'm saying, though. It took a while for the – and those players were experienced players that he took over. Nick Chubb was a junior. Sony Michelle right. was a junior. Year, you know, um, Eason Eason uh, was uh, was a was a freshman, but we had the other guy. I forget whoever took his position, but uh, we had a lot of people on defense that were like sophomores and juniors, and he still went eight and five with not a hard schedule either. I think we got blew out by Ole Miss that year by like thirty five. So, Ouch. yeah, I think Oregon has some talent, and I think they can give us a decent game. But ultimately, I'm I'm thinking it's going to be like a fourteen point. 
plus game. I mean, I think at the end of the day, man, we just we've done it before. Uh, we don't have a lot of new pieces at all. Like we have no transfer or uh, true freshman in our uh, starting too deep on either side of the ball, and you got. That 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 plays a part as well. So that means that everybody's been there and knows the system. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So even the, the linebackers that I mentioned, they've been there. Uh, they just hadn't played. So I think right. we'll edge them out with experience. Real quick, in the course of we'll uh, we'll talk USC UCLA going to the Big Ten. Mm-hmm. How are you guys experience wise? Do you have any juniors or seniors this year on Georgia? The reason why I ask is because Georgia comes to Norman next year on September 9th. <laughs> So I just need to know what we're looking at. I know we're still um, we're still a year away, but uh, I need to know. You know, we're a young team, so at least I know we're we're pretty solid. But uh, I just need to know what, what what's coming. What's from Athens? What's coming to Norman next year? So uh, offense. Um... <laughs> Darnell will be gone. This is me thinking these guys will be gone to the, right, to the right. league. You know, Darnell will be gone. If Eric Gilbert holds true to form, it only takes one year when you're at the right school. You know, and I think he could legit be gone. So he has just be, the talent, 100%. Yeah. He's just got to, yeah. Yeah, he's unfortunately, got he's got unfortunately for y'all, Brock Browse is a true sophomore, so he has no choice <laughs> but to be there. Uh, um, <laughs> I think if our running backs stay healthy, both could legit be gone. Um, Kendall, Kendall Milton is a true junior. Mm-hmm. Um, he could be gone. Kenny McIntosh is a true senior, and he still has this so-called COVID year. So, um, But I think if they both stay healthy, they'll be gone. So you'll be looking at two fresh running backs. Uh so on the offensive side, man, honestly, we could be losing like at least like the defense did last year. We could lose like seven. The AD Mitchell's still going to be there. Lad McConkie's still going to be there. Technically, Lad could go to the league this year after this year, but I don't think he will. I think uh, unless he has like you know double what he had last year because his measurables just aren't there. He's a really short guy, so I think he needs more film than you know those guys that are six four or whatever. Defensively. Jalen Carter will be gone, unfortunately for us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. uh, linebacker, the middle linebackers will still be there. Nolan Smith and Robert Bill, the two starting outside, li- projected starting outside linebackers, gone. They're both uh, redshirt seniors. Chris Smith, our starting safety, gone. Uh, <laughs> we will be younger next year. I can tell you that. Uh, Keely Ringo, <laughs> Keely Ringo is a, a ju- true junior. He's you know he's like first team all preseason All American. Unless he gets hurt, he's gone. Uh, yeah. So the the good thing you know, hey, hopefully we'll blow some people out this year and get get these backups some, some experience. Uh, we did have our best defensive back class uh, ever last year. We had five DBs and four of those, I guess, were five stars. So hopefully they don't transfer out and get a lot of experience coming into uh, Norman, man. So <laughs> I'm hoping to make the trip. That'd be nice. I would love to attend it. Hopefully it will happen. <laughs> we got new LED lights, and, hey, Brent okay. Rimbles is, is – he's trying to upgrade the stadium, so I'll give him that. He's already making some improvements. But, of course, uh, you know, UCLA, USC, what was your first thoughts as we – head down the slope on the show. What's your first thoughts on when USC UCLA uh, broke news? They are leaving the Pac-12. Of course, Lincoln Riley this time can't leave USC. But uh, what's your first thoughts on that news when that broke out? Man, I, I was, anytime I hear stuff like that, I always think fan first, you know, mm-hmm. not like my team. But I'm like, God, it's going to be a lot of traveling. Uh-huh. You know, it's like it's going to be a lot of traveling. I know people say, well, the NFL does it. Well, the NFL doesn't have class. <laughs> it's yeah. like That's NFL, job. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's like, yes, but I'm, I was like, OK, first I was like, I don't know if they fit. Like, I don't, you know, like, again, I'm older. I, I remember the Big Ten. The Big Ten is, is more like the SEC. They're a ground and pound, tough nose type deal. I, you know, the Pac-12 soft cupcake, you know, throw the ball around a lot. So it's like they don't even really fit. Now, if you're talking about as a fan matchup-wise – I mean, USC is still a brand, even though they haven't been good. So I love to see Michigan, USC on a regular basis, Ohio State, you know, USC on a regular basis. I think it's going to be X and O's wise. It's going to be a real adjustment Mm -hmm. for UCLA and USC. Like, (laughs) I think I saw somebody on Twitter say, I don't know, the Trojans ain't going to know what to do when Wisconsin (laughs) lines up with three tight ends and two running backs. (laughs) 
these guys doing? Yeah, I got a, I got a friend who look at it like even when Nebraska went to the Big Ten, like we yep. are, we are that kind of school, right? Yeah. I mean, we we have we have struggled for a lot of other reasons other than that. But I mean, you know, if you yeah, I I don't know. Good luck. I know like you can recruit to USA. I think Lincoln Riley is going to do that. It is L.A. But things like travel matters. It's a reason why a lot of kids stay home to play. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Sometimes those kids, they yeah, they they love their state. They want to put on for the state. But sometimes it's like I want my family to be able to see me play. And sometimes you can lose out on a recruit because you have to play Rutgers in the middle Mm -hmm. of December. I mean, (laughs) Who's going to Rutgers? I mean, my nephew played at Louisville in the ACC, and I never went to Syracuse. Like, I'm like, I'm not going. He's like, oh, you coming to Syracuse? No, I'm not coming to Syracuse. It's too far. <laughs> and it's cold. I'm not, I'm not mm-hmm. going. <laughs> and it gets, yes, cold. It, it gets cold in the Big Ten. Yeah, that's going to be an adjustment. <laughs> I mean, I know it rains a lot in Washington, you know, in Seattle and stuff, but, like, the Big Ten, it's cold in, like, middle of October, like, snowing cold. Like, I don't think they, I don't think they really know about that because <laughs> you know i didn't even know until this year until after they made that announcement i was talking to a notre dame fan like when notre dame and usc play if it's at notre dame it's in the middle of the season because of the weather if Correct. it's at usc it's always the last game because it doesn't matter what time you you know when you play in la i'm right. like well they're not gonna be able to do that with every team in the big 10 no <laughs> no <laughs> so i mean it's college football man as a fan i i don't really mind what schools go where i just want to see the best play the best uh just because i like to see good games you know what i'm saying yeah. like yeah. i know the team itself of course if i you know if i had my way i want georgia to play a whole bunch of cupcakes just to <laughs> But, oh no, you wouldn't. You wouldn't. But listen, to win a championship, yes. But as like game week by week, yeah. I love the fact. Like I love when they when Kirby scheduled Texas, scheduled Oklahoma, scheduled yes. Oregon. Like that's what I want to see. I want to see Georgia. I don't want to see Georgia. Listen, man, Nashville is a great place, and mm-hmm. dogs always take over Vandy Stadium. But it's I mean, Vandy. Yeah, it's like it's Vandy. It's like right. I don't really – I want to play some of these, you know, big time. I got a college bucket list I'm trying to cross off, man, and it's hard to do that when Georgia's playing somebody else. <laughs> so that's why I said I'm going to be in Norman next year. I'm trying to cross Norman off my bucket list. Hey, yo, I think you'll be uh, pretty amazed from what you see in Norman. Of course, you know, wonderful tailgates all the way from uh, – Lord Jesus, Lindsay, all the way down to uh, Highway Nine, and and of course, champ walks champions and stuff like that. And who knows next year what may happen anyway? So, no, nah, yeah. it's a it's a stadium. I highly suggest anyone to come visit. It's a lot of tradition there. So, yeah, I think uh, the the UCLA USC move though, I think it's just a step to having two. Kind of like NFL, you have two yeah. divisions. I don't know, East, West, whatever you want, North, right. South, whatever you want to call it. You know, anywhere from like 48 to 64 teams and, you know, maybe like little divisions. So now you can say, okay, 12-team playoff, whatever. It's like with this new governing board they just came out with, maybe they want to do that. I just don't see Oklahoma and Texas coming to the SEC, USC, UCLA going to the Big Ten. I don't see the Pac-12 and the Big 12 like mm-hmm. lasting through that. that like how are you competing on tv i know people say well this market and this market but when you got oklahoma playing alabama on a regular mm-hmm. basis nothing in the new big 12 is going to be able to compete with that no. <laughs> you know what i'm saying when you play got texas and in florida playing like you know nobody wants to see ucf in houston i'm sorry this is <laughs> it's like you go yeah it is what it is there's and no reason to worry it just it's, it's like that. I mean, it's, it's about money. And, yeah. <laughs> you know, when people spend money, they want to see a good product. No matter how much we hate Bama and how much they win, we still watch. Because <laughs> it's good football. We're going to watch football. great football. Yeah, exactly. So I, I just think that's how it's going to end up, man. It's going to be like a like an East-West type deal. I don't know if it's Big Ten or North-South, Big Ten, SEC. I think that's where we're going. I don't know how long it will take to get there. But I think that move <laughs> – you know, further. I thought that when Oklahoma and Texas announced, I was super excited. I was like, God, Oklahoma and Texas coming? I'm like, that's what's up. Now we're going to have some good football. And then they announced going. I'm like, you know, Riley's out there, not for nothing. I know he's not the greatest human being, but he's a good coach. He's, oh, absolutely. <laughs> so, no, absolutely. You wow. know, it was like, uh, now he's going to be playing against Ryan Day. Talk about some points scored. 
Hey, I'm all I'm all tuned in. I'm all tuned in. You know, Ohio State has a new defensive coordinator um, from from Oklahoma State, and I think yep. you'll see a different. I think you'll see a different situation this year. And see, they get they get the guys like Oklahoma. They do. They got, yeah, they I mean, got I mean, guys who play football. So yeah, Ohio State and Alabama are the only two schools that have recruited more five stars in Georgia, and Ohio State utilizes them. So they always have some guy coming off the edge that's a first round draft pick. I, know. I don't know. <laughs> I know they just like breed them in the water. There, it's it's, it's insane. They you do. Know? So <laughs> and we have to believe had to play them every year. <laughs> Mm, yeah. God knows that we, this is is this the first year we don't I was about to say yeah y'all used to go back I, and forth this might be the first year we don't actually play Ohio I still State. remember Baker putting the flag in the O like, oh, <laughs> oh, yeah. this, I'm like look at this dude oh, <laughs> oh that's my boy right there awesome. uh, <laughs> Listen, Baker. Listen, Baker was for a college football fan. Honestly, Baker was a joy to watch. I, listen, when I came up, I talked a lot of trash. So, like, Baker was right up my alley. I'm like, because if I was as gifted as those players, I would have been in college talking trash too. So, Absolutely. I love Baker. <laughs> Absolutely, I love Baker too. I think he's great. But no, so I, I think this is the first year Nebraska does not play Ohio State. And like, oh. I mean, in like, we played them every year. I believe since 20, gosh, it's probably been since like 2010, 2011. I, I kid you not. So with uh, UCLA and USC coming to the Big Ten, how are you feeling about that as a Nebraska fan? I mean, I'm fine with that. I, I You know, I think we, as far as like matchups go, I think, I, I don't, I, I don't see that. I just see them having a really tough time shifting okay. to the Big Ten. And, you know, we were down. We we've been down the past, you know, ten years. I'll, I'll I'll be the first one to fully admit that. But I have seen a lot of really good things going in the right direction. I've seen more. I've seen better recruiting. I've seen better size, recruiting players that fit more of the Big Ten mold. Okay. Um, you know, it, I really like the offensive hires that we made. Um, I think I think Scott had to learn a really hard lesson and that the guys that he brought from UCF just didn't weren't the caliber that he needed no. to have on his staff to be able to compete in the Big Ten. And I've, yeah. I've, I feel a real shift in culture and um, athlete and that willingness to want to win. It feels different with this, with with the things that have been said by the by the guys, practices, and so on, and so on. So we'll see. If y'all can get some decent quarterback play, I think y'all can contend for the Big Ten. I mean, no, it's not even a joke. But no, it's it like, is true. I thought, yeah. Like Martinez came in, and I was like, okay, this dude got it. And, and right? I don't, I don't know. His girlfriend dumped him or something. I don't know. No, he just... got hurt. So he got hurt sophomore season. Yeah. Midway mm-hmm. through sophomore season, and he just was not. He's just never was been the same. same. Mm-hmm. Wasn't. And, uh, I like Casey Thompson. The here's the good thing. Here's the good thing. We've got guys pushing guys now. You've got Purdy you pushing need it. Thompson. You need it. You've got Thompson pushing Smothers, and then you've got the younger kids um, that will see that competition. And Adrian didn't have that. Okay. So, yeah, you definitely I, I, need competition. Exactly. So I think that that is a different. I think that's a different dynamic as well. Yeah, and I, I think you hit it. Like that's how the elite team stay elite because nobody can take a day off. You can lose your position in you know, a couple of practices. You know what I'm saying? So it's like you got to be on your p's and q's. If you you asked about UJ's offense, to allude back to that, I wonder about that because this year it's Stetson's job regardless. So I, yes, we have a f- couple of five stars and a high four star behind them, but Kirby, it's his job. You know what I'm saying? It's it's yeah. not a battle. It's not a oh well if this guy plays is good. It's and I wonder about that because Jake Fromm's last year, Ugh. trash. Trash. Absolute garbage because he <laughs> knew he didn't have anybody to battle. So right. when Justin Fields was there and Jacob Eason was there, he had to keep them off of his heels. But that third year, man, I was like, man, you just leaving DeAndre Swift out here to drive, bro. Oh. <laughs> like, he doesn't know that, man. <laughs> <laughs> He's dirty. So I'm, I'm interested. But I think if you guys get the quarterback play, man, like, yeah. I mean, Wisconsin keeps running back. So we know that's going to be good. 
of water. That 17-year-old kid, Braylon Allen, that ran all over everybody. Holy mother of God, that game is big. First they of all, get, they just get running old, back out the running back like out the running back. Adrian Peterson in his prime. Like, <laughs> insanity. I'm like, where they, did you get these guys? Like, but, where, where do you all come from? <laughs> and something you mentioned about USC and UCLA, like they're going to, it is going to be a transition. They got to recruit differently. Like you can't recruit fast defense alignment. You got to recruit some solid, like big uglies, like for real, for real. Yeah, You're ugly. going to play against the Wisconsin's, Nebraska's, you know, and the Michigan's all of that like it's just different ball over here on the ball in the big 10 that's just that's just the identity of the big 10 Mm -hmm. um and i'm hopeful that our running back situation is better as well this year so i think that will help that will help i think is scott frost is, is he is he in in hot water at all yeah i mean it's it's definitely i wouldn't say it's a complete make it or break it season but Okay. It's 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 definitely leaning more towards that. Um, okay. I mean, a lot know, of speculation think, goes on down here in the south. We we think Scott about to be out, but I'm like, we don't know that. <laughs> it, it's hard to say because you know they let him they let him hire all the all the new offensive staff that they let him hire, mm-hmm. and so you know you have to think with with new staff they usually give those new staff and coordinators a couple years a couple seasons. Right under a new head coach and Scott's so Scott's original con contract was for seven years and, okay. pe- so, and people forget about his buyout. His buyout is, is, is substantial. I mean, uh, and he, he is like a, you know, he is like one of the best players mm-hmm. they ever play in Nebraska. Well, I mean, like, mm-hmm. it, he is the, he is the, the son. Like, like, him, you know, and, him and Tommy Frazier and Dennis. It's and the Dennis son returning to Lincoln. Like we all want it to work. And the yeah. thing is, is I also think that, Trev Albert also wants the same things, our, our new athletic director. Okay. And I just really see, I, I, I just really kind of see, unless like, um, unless it's another, like, honestly, like less than six and six, then I, then I'd be out. I, yeah, I don't. I don't see that. I think y'all are a minimum eight win team. Just to be yeah, honest, uh, I, like I said, quarterback play has to be atrocious to be six wins. <laughs> yeah, I think so too. I think it's going to be. I, I definitely think it's going to be different. And they're like, it was so close last year. I think that was the hardest pill to swallow. Is we gave football games away last year. We should have been a nine. Mm-hmm. We should have. We should have at least been a nine win team. Yeah, a lot of a lot of three point losses. Oh, it was brutal, man. <laughs> I can't go through that again. <laughs> My heart can't take it anymore. Listen, it, okay. being a college football is fan is like the best and the worst thing at the same time. <laughs> it was such an emotional roller coaster all year. It's awful. It's wonderful <laughs> and awful all in the same breath. So yeah, that's just kind of my outlook on on um on Nebraska. Okay. Okay. Well, that'll be what's up, man. Well, Coach, I know we were wrapping up, but uh, I appreciate you coming on and taking the time out of your schedule and talking some football. And as always, you're you're welcome to come back. And uh, hey, we'll talk some more, especially during the season. That's right, man. Hey, man, I had a blast, man. That was, uh, I appreciate it, man. Shout out again to the OU fans that showed up for me and Mike's video, man. I don't know what the count is now, man, but they was going in hard. I, hey, I haven't done a lot. Matter of fact, the only other OU game I, uh, video I did was with you. Mm-hmm. The Oregon, the Oregon, <laughs> the Oregon. Oregon uh, yep. Yeah, and that one did really good, too. So I appreciate it, man. I had fun today. Keep so going, Sooner Nation. You want to do an LSU and a Nebraska one for me? Oh, yeah, we can definitely do that. I, you know what's crazy? I was going through and I was looking today at the schedule each week and I said, like, okay, I'm going to do about, you know, three to four previews a week. I was like, I want to do LSU, but I don't even know any LSU fans. Oh, well, hey, you got, you got, you got one. I was say, yeah, you got, you know, I, don't, I definitely don't know any besides Jamie on that one. Yeah, no, I, I, got a, I got a friend that I grew up with as an LSU fan, but he's not about to come on the show. He doesn't even want to – he hardly wants to watch him. He's like, oh, we're, well, just, we're so up and down. Last year was tough. Last year was tough. <laughs> it was tough. I, I like the discipline that I'm seeing now. Um, okay. That's what that team needed. That's what that school needed. So, uh, I, Brian Kelly, you know, for all the – nonsense that's happened around the hire and whatnot. I, I really think he's the right guy for the job. I think that's what I think that's exactly what LSU needed. 
Okay, cool. Well, then I'll definitely uh, reach out to you so we can do something, man. I do want to give a shout out to one of my subscribers, man, Jason King, OU fan. Bruh, he's like today he sent a comment on the video and he was like, uh, he thinks Brent Venables is going to do good, even though he's not walking into a silver plate. Like, and he put TBOW. And I was like, oh. And I was like, I'm sitting here reading and I'm like, who mm-hmm. is TBOW? Like, yep. And he said, he, you know, he was like, Brent Venables never lost to a TBOW offense mm-hmm. and I'm like who is TBOW the bitch out west yes I was like <laughs> I just busted out laughing man I was like you know I told him I said Jason I'm gonna be on Mike's podcast now I'm about to give you a shout yep. out man shout, definitely shout out to him and, and coach I, before we leave uh, how can they find you all right, man. You can come to my YouTube channel, The Fan Addict, man, over on YouTube, or you can come uh, to Twitter. It's Fan Addict Sports on Twitter and Instagram, and The Fan Addict on Facebook. We uh, release uh, three to four videos a week, and we do a live stream every Tuesday at 8 o'clock with former Georgia Bulldogs that played with Kirby Smart and some Bulldogs that just pop in. We had David Green on last night. so Oh, nice. Yeah, David Green was he was a good he was a good guest. We it's like we've been doing pretty good with that. So yeah, man. That's awesome. Well thanks for coming on. It was great. I had fun I appreciate it. I appreciate y'all having me, man. And I'll get with y'all again, man. We can do something do something later this season. Most Absolutely. definitely and uh and give him a follow and uh hey coach, uh as always, it's been a pleasure. It was fun and we'll do it again soon. All right, man. Y'all have a good night. Right, Take, care. Take care. Everyone, you're listening to the Air Attack Podcast. Have a wonderful, I guess, hump day. And, uh,